Hi and welcome to another episode of Wine and Wisdom. I'm Thomas Lehuang and you're listening to the TL podcast where knowledge is shared and no one takes themselves too seriously. How are we? Excellent. How are you going? Mine's not Wonderful. Wonderful. Mine's not working. You're not, yours is not working? No, I was just fucking with TL again. Uh, we're good. We're off. Hey, you swore. Yeah. He just swore. He just swore. Damn, what a bad start. You buy the dessert, Lou. I'll buy the dessert, Lou, after your lunch. <laughs> Oh, I can't believe it. You just We've got a few podcasts between now and then, I reckon. It looks, looks to me like Cam is in for a few today. I, I reckon he's in for a few. Oh. So I just want to warn, it's a lunch or dinner per swearing. I did that for a dramatic effect, mate. Don't let the truth get in the way of a good story. Yeah. I just don't want. I just don't want someone to say no. But it was in the same session. Ooh, you you trying to important. figure out how you you trying to figure out the machine that was broken was worth. What, what machine? The look on your face when I said it wasn't working. Yeah, the oh, look on my face. I'm, I'm going. Hold on. It can't be. Can't oh, be working. Anyway, uh, I checked it. How you guys going? All right. You can wait now. We're back. Really good. Good, yeah. good day. Good day. Good day. All right, so what's happening? What's happening? What do you know that we can share? What's happening in the last seven days? I'm going to become a skateboarder. Oh, yeah, really? Oh, I spent $6 million on a house with a pool that's now a skateboard rink because of the leak in it. You and I are in the same boat then. Well, I'm wearing these lovely clothes. In the same boat, it's the same uh, skate rink. No, well, soon to be skate rink. We, we filled the pool. Well, well, we we noticed it dropped about an inch um, about five days ago, and it's dropped another inch. So, yeah, we discovered what we got. Is a it with human beings? Like, I don't want to call anybody out, but I was a listing agent on the house I bought. You think it would have been nice to go, hey, Ken, there's a there might be something with the pool. You know. Yeah, yeah. Same deal. Same deal. We. Funny we... how the phone calls not getting picked up either. I rang him to say, oh, when I well, I didn't know there was a leak. I just thought the water drops, and I was trying to find a tap out the back, and I couldn't find it. So I rang him and said, mate, is there a tap out the back apart from the water tank? Because I need to fill the pool back up. Anyway, he goes, oh yeah, no, you go here and you go there. Anyway, hasn't taken a call since because I think <laughs> you know, he knows why I was filling the pool back up. Yeah. Oh. Hey, um, guys. Sorry. Sometimes it's not the actual pool. Sometimes it's your filters and the connections to your filter and stuff. So don't stress no, it too much. I'm, I'm, very lucky that, I'm very lucky that one of my vendors at the moment is actually a pool guy. That's what he does for a living. Oh, perfect. He perfect. just said, let it, let it run out until it stops. And that's what will tell you where the leak is. So I've been out there this afternoon. My hands are covered in epoxy and putty and uh, mm. fan I just want to, why I think of it, sorry to go completely off uh, topic here, but uh, 13th to the 19th of June, which is the week that we're in now, is National Blood Donation Week. So myself and a couple of the team went and donated today, one in three people in their lifetime. So at least one of us on this screen right now will need blood at some point. Um, so if there's anyone that's listening that's thinking about being a donor, now's the time because there have never been lower supplies 
Um, so I just wanted to get that little plug in. So um, yeah, I'm not sure if people, if, if people, some people can't donate because of health or, you know, if they're born in England, things like that. But if you can, please do it. We need it. Born in England. <laughs> yeah. Mad cow disease. Mad cow, yeah. Mad cow. I thought because you're convicts or something. I didn't know. Just, <laughs> you know like, just mad cow disease. Because you're born in England, mad cow yeah. disease. Yeah. They yeah. can't put English blood in That explains my ex-girlfriend. She was from England and she was a mad cow. Seriously. <laughs> they can't put English blood in patients, mate. Their teeth rot and they start complaining all the time. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Great for quite a lot of people is uh, the um, the increase of forty bucks a week in uh, minimum pay, uh, minimum wage. Yeah, mm, yeah. So that's gonna make, put a lot of uh, a big smile on a lot of people's face, but also mm. probably that's another liter of petrol. Yeah. Hey, that's another liter of petrol, and <laughs> another twelve seconds your light can be on in your bedroom. Apparently. <laughs> so what else is new? What about the market? What about the market in um, that in Sutherland, man? Mate, markets, market's market. For me, it's, it, I've got to get some more stock. It's simple as that. But um, what I was surprised about is that everyone's running scared now. America's hiked their interest rates up as well. 0.75% um, biggest rate hike in 43 years, I think it was. Or 23 years. Since 1993. Yeah, there you go. And... Um, uh, you know, people are panicking over there, but they're saying inflation's going to keep going up unless we get the interest rates up. So, mm. you know what? I'm not no economist and I don't know how to slow it down, but I hope the right people are doing the right things to get us back into a sort of even keel. Mm, mm, a lot mm. of, um, I mean, every story you read, especially for our job, is about how much prices are going to drop. And I, I'm a firm believer the prices have already come back 15%. Anyone who tells you otherwise, it's still agents running around telling people the market is good, for God's sake. Anyone who tells you it hasn't dropped by close to 15% is having you on. Um, seen enough of it. We dropped, we sold four houses last week and I, funnily enough, straight after I dropped their prices by 15%. So yeah. That's, yeah. Um, that's where the market's at. And you don't yeah. know where it's going to stop or it's going to keep going. I still don't believe that we're heading for 40 or 50% like some people are saying. But um, No way. I, um, I noticed something interesting this week. Sorry, Cam, I cut you off. Um, not often that I do that. So That's lunch too, isn't it? Are we on the tally? <laughs> um, but a lot of the buyers that we had come through open homes, like midweek opens and things like that, Bruce and I had done a little bit of a stat on it. And about eight out of the 10 buyers that we've seen during the week, which is more than we actually have been seeing on a weekend, they were all looking a year ago, but they all gave up because of the craziness. Now that the craziness has sort of ceased, those mum and dad investors and the people like that are back on the scene. All, so, those, yeah. all those people that told us when COVID first happened that the market was going to crash, you were right. You were right. <laughs> two years, you peanut. Good save. Good save. Good save. Fuck crying out loud. Um, yeah, is that another swear word for crying out loud. Oh, I thought you'd know the word before. The floor, the floor didn't sound like floor, mate. I tell you, for like, crying out loud, an F. but no, is it I told you, I told you today we got a cup of few for Gavin. That's a swear word for crying out loud. That's right, Lou. He's not hungover. 
He's not yeah. on over this week. He's on fire. He's making come on also, back. He's got to make up for last week. Just on the market too, guys, is, is it true from the 1st of July, um, people can contribute $300,000 to their super without affecting their pension and 600 for couples? Because I had a, a potential owner ask me that uh, yesterday and I said, I believe that is the case. Because I... I if uh, a different government had of... Uh, no, it was a Labor policy. It was a Labor... The Liberal policy, thank you very much. It was Scott Morrison's policy. He brought it out two days before we were meant to vote, which was two days. Really? Okay. I'll have to. I mean, look. Obviously, um, Labor's policy—they're going to buy forty percent of everyone's house. That's yeah, no, but that was something completely different. <laughs> I was reading something about it, and I obviously must have misunderstood it. But It'd I be thought good information to know, though, Luke. It'd be good absolutely. to know. We need to look into that. Absolutely. Because the I issue is, yeah, go, Ken. I want. Actually, I actually want TL to elaborate because I hadn't put a lot of thought into the... Obviously, we know the market's come back, but I heard TL having a conversation the other day about the way the RBA's done what they've done and the effect it's going to have on households is, is bound to cause a lot of problems. Like someone with a million-dollar mortgage is up for an extra $1,000 a month, and where do you pluck that from? Mm -hmm. Extremely wealthy. like we're, So all of a sudden, you're fighting over which kid can do sport and which family holidays that aren't going to be able to be had and yeah um, rationing and all that sort of stuff till i didn't mean to put you on the spot but that was i heard you having that thought with someone the other day and it intrigued me so yeah that was uh when we had the discussion with a young man jack very very smart dude oh well, that was was that when it was jesus yeah that was bad. well mm. which is which, listen anyone who can calculate will see what point <laughs> What point uh, eight five can do, and and uh, that means uh, if there's another point five between now and the end of the year, what that will do it one point three five this time. It's not that difficult, you know. Plus all these fears about uh, <laughs> no more power in Australia. I mean, I have spoken many many years ago with some friends that you know one of these days imagine we can't, we don't we don't have computers because there's no more electricity. Well, it's happening now. <laughs> What is this garbage about no electricity? Uh, did I? And I just don't know. Since COVID, I think uh, everyone in every kind of level has got a little bit mad. Mm, yeah. And greedy. Definitely. Uh, do you think with the market? I think we've got to also remember that a couple of years, not yeah, about a couple of years ago, the, the rates were super low. Um, we could lock in home loan rates for 1.89%, 1.79%. Oh, that was two months ago. It wasn't years. It was eight no, months ago. It was ago. a little bit longer than that. It was a little bit longer than that. But um, a lot of people, the banks weren't allowing you to lock those in for very long. It was 12 months or two years. Anyone's going to have those mature now. The rates are going to jump from 1.79, 1 1.8, let's say 2%, very, very quickly to, mm -hmm. you know, Three, three and a half percent. I got a loan that matured the other day. It went from two point seven nine to four point three five overnight, from a fix to a variable overnight. I mean, and it's not a big loan as for an investment property. But if that happens to a lot of people, there's there is going to be some, you know, mortgage stress. Absolute. absolute. Is that why you haven't had a haircut, Chris? No, it's because I can grow my hair really, really well, and I look very suave and look like um, <laughs> uh, let's call it, uh, Tom Hanks. No, it's not Tom Cruise. Al Pacino. Al Pacino. <laughs> Cappuccino. Yeah. Can we bring some wine or are we we're not allowed? Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. Ladies uh, first. Wine. Ladies first? Camera. Oh, <laughs> yeah, camera. I had to get that in because you're going to say right, it. Mate. No, I'll go. 
I'm not. I'm, I'm comfortable with my sexuality. I'm drinking a Chardonnay. I'm a he, him, who, her, him. <laughs> yeah. Is your pronoun? I actually had a dig this week. I stumbled across this by accident that I was on the surge. I haven't seen it before. There's a, guarantee, there's a guarantee we haven't had it before because I've never seen it. So Sebastiani Butterfield Station, 2019, Californian Chardonnay. Nice. Yeah, Coast. So um, nothing other than every time we go for a California Chardonnay, it's bloody beautiful. It's about 38 bucks from um, Dan, so definitely not bottom of the range. But um, How much? 85? No, 36 bucks. So Beautiful. 2019, it's got for a shardy, it's got a little bit of age on it, but not not a great deal. And um gonna look tastes good. Yeah. Taste. You've mm -hmm. had that one, have you? No. No? No, but it, it listen, Californian wine, Chardonnay is gonna be buttery, and chances are it would be good for you. It says butter something on that too. Maybe there's also a little bit of uh, that barrel, a scotch barrel or something yeah. at all. Mm. You have the, the aftertaste, you, you can tell me. Yeah, all right. Buttercream, vanilla, roasted oak. The finish is lush, round. Yeah. Sounds like it's describing me. Sounds lush, like round. Lush, and round. Lush, lush, round, and smooth as butter. Yeah. And vanilla. Hey, with the Chardonnay, right? You guys drink a little bit warmer than you would other whites, yeah? 12 yeah, to 14, 14 degrees. degrees. Yep. 14. So, like, I walked into home this today, and it was, like, 14 degrees inside my house. So that's room temperature for, the, for a Chardonnay now. Yeah. Yep. All of it in your garage, though, mate. Bloody <laughs> hell, you guys are never going to let me live that down. You know what? There's nothing worse. We, we are just mere mortals, but you go to a very expensive restaurant, you look at the wine list, and you pick out a very expensive Chardonnay, and they bring it out to you on ice, and it's about three degrees, and you go, what the is this? Yeah. yeah. yeah <clears throat> I'm paying. To, no, I didn't say it. It was $200 a bottle. And yeah, I remember at Muse in the Hunter one day, I had to, I couldn't take a wine because I'm like, you're paying that much, you should know what you're doing with the the temperatures. 12, 14 degrees Chardonnay, people. Perfect. There you go. Very Blue. good. Okay, so this is a really nice bottle. There's actually no name on the front, but it's a Heirloom Vineyards um, Grenache, 2020 Grenache from the McLaren Vale. So it's the bottling poetry is the Brooks family Heirloom Vineyards. Um, so it has a little poem on the back it says all wine comes in at the mouth and love comes in at the eye that's all we shall know for truth before we grow old and die i lift the glass to my mouth i look at you and sigh <laughs> so yeah nice, nice i love it <clears throat> yeah so it's a I, I you know obviously i love falling in love with the bottle so i'll keep this one um but yeah no idea what it tastes like but i'm sure it tastes good awesome hey i've got a Wins Kunawara, we've had it before, the sightings. It's a 2014. Um, it's a Cab Sav. It's a good drop. Um, it's got a little poem on the back. Past lips, shrew the gums, watch out belly, here it comes. So, yeah. <laughs> it's a good making up on the fly job there, Chris. I've got a Honda. Honda Shiraz Vignette. And the, these people here are just husband and wife who a few years ago uh, in the Hunter Valley took a punt and um, started their own um, winery. Mm. Uh, very, very gutsy people. And uh, they, I think they've won awards on, um, on, on wine, uh, wine cellars presentation. If you ever go up there, 
this is them, right? So that's Ash and Lauren. You ever go up there? He's so funny. But you look at the two of them and you see, this is the definition of what it was to be a pioneer back in those days, you know, taking over some someplace and just jump in and do, do your own wine. Really inspiring. Beautiful. I might have something for us on that front too. Remind me later of one of our uh, favorite wines. Someone just took it over and I've got a connection there. Oh, look out. Ooh, nice. Okay, let's taste. How, how is yours, okay? Cheers, guys. And, uh, I was looking at my stomach, not the Cheers. one. Cheers. Wow, that's delicious. What year did I say? 2020. Hmm. Oh, that's good. We're back, baby. <laughs> <clears throat> I haven't had a drink since Saturday, so I'm excited. Let's go. Wow. Yeah, record. What's what's the subject we're doing today? All right. Chicken or the egg question today. Which came first? Do we need to be confident to reach success or does success give us the confidence? Loaded. Loaded question. So which is it? So I when I was uh when I was a footy player, they talk about in sport a lot whether someone's a confidence player or not, where uh, they'll only play good or they'll only perform well when their confidence is up. And I was one of those people when I was, uh, especially playing football, that they used to consider a confidence player. If I wasn't feeling good or was a bit down, I, I wouldn't perform. But get me in the right frame of mind and feeling good about myself, I was a world beater. So... <laughs> But what they talk about with some football teams now is, and I know we're going to take, there's a lot to do with real estate here, but I'm going to use football analogies for the moment, is a team like the Gold Coast Titans, they are running last, they've forgotten how to win and they've got no confidence and, and they just need to win again. What the commentators will say is, oh, they just need to win a game to get their confidence back. But how are they going to win that game if they don't have any? So that's what I wanted to examine is, is what comes first. Mm. Yeah, go for it. I, I don't think I don't think that you can really answer that question. I think it was a loaded question. I think that uh, confidence uh, leads to success, but success leads to more confidence. And it's such the same way confidence leads to uh, some actions that may create failure. And then from the way we interpret or we look at our failure, it will lead to lack of confidence. Mm. So uh, I think that the two are really pushing back and forth together. Mm. So trying to pick one side on this one here, I, I, I can't see how we're going to fix it. I think I'm so glad you said that because I'm 100% thinking the same way. I have to say my, my gut instinct when Cam, it was your topic this week, Cam, wasn't it? Yeah. So um, when you first put the topic out straight away, I thought, of course you need confidence to be successful. And then I started thinking about it and I, I sort of backflipped a little bit and then I sort of, I, I might have to do a Christinola and sit on the fence for this one and be. Wow. <laughs> I know you're right there with me, Chris, so I've got company, I'm sure. But... Watch out for the splinters. Watch out for the splinters. Colourbox. We don't Chris. do fences anymore. It's all colour. Oh, you're, sorry, you're important. You can tell, mate, you can tell Lou's in the middle because that was the shortest speech he's ever given. So... <laughs> You can tell she doesn't have a, an argument one way or the other. Oh, I do. I have some pretty okay. good ones, but I'm just mindful. Maybe of... some more ammunition for later, I reckon. <laughs> yeah, 
You know, Ken, you said it right at the beginning. It's that chicken or the egg sort of scenario. Um, and when I was, you know, sort of looking through this, I really thought if you look back right to all of us, we had to learn how to walk at one stage. We never had that skill or we never had that success until we had the confidence to try. And the and it was in our um, DNA to stand up and then get your balance and then walk and then you got more confident. And then so your success of walking eventually got there the same from that turning that into a run into a skip and a jump and so forth so i honestly believe i'm not on the fence i honestly believe as a basis you really need to have the confidence the self-belief to do it to start with um it needs to start there however like thomas said it's then a snowball effect that your success the small success leads to more confidence leads to more success and then, so then it's a self-fulfilling prophecy moving forward and that's with anything you do, whether it's door knocking or phone prospecting or opening a business or asking a girl out on a date, whatever it may be. If your confidence gets there, that success, you feel that success and it's that that will. Yeah. Um, and that's the way I saw it. Mm. So I really started to look at it. But on the other flip side, as soon as you have a few failures, you start to have self-doubt. And that self-doubt is then something that you've got to keep in check. And that's a very hard one. Yeah. I think... I think... You're wrong, Thomas. I think I don't think it is. A, a, it is obviously logically the more successful you are, the more confident you're going to be. But 100% with Chris, I think it's actually pretty easy to work out which comes first because if you don't have the confidence to take the first step, nothing is going to happen. Nothing does happen. You all need every all of us need something within us that the confidence to think that we might just succeed at doing this. Otherwise, we wouldn't do it. And we see it all the time. People who are getting ready to get ready for the rest of their life or people who don't, um, won't make the jump because they won't believe it until they see it. I think confidence has to come first. Yeah. Obviously, winning obviously winning creates confidence, but you won't win to begin with because you won't start. But the, the, the topic is, does confidence lead to success or does success lead to confidence? And so I think um, exactly along the lines of what everybody said a little bit is, yes, you've got to have some kind of confidence to start. But I think what happens is a lot of people start with fake confidence on the fake it till you make it basis. Then as they become as they create habits that become successful habits and they get better at what they do, they their confidence grows like I, I was trying to really think hard and long about um, examples. And I, to be honest, I was thinking about my daughter, who's, as you guys know, she's about to qualify as a paramedic. And I'm thinking, if that was well, me, yeah. And I was thinking, if that was me, I know she's got the skill because she aces her test, but she's not been on the, on the she's had stints on the road and stuff like that, but she's not in the coalface yet. So her confidence is probably in her skill, but not necessarily on saving lives. So at the moment, she's probably terrified, <clears throat> but I know once she's saved 10 people's lives, her confidence will ultimately be there without a doubt. And therefore her success at what she's doing is gonna be hopefully phenomenal. But is it, and I was trying to think of examples like that, which I think I know in my own personal experience, there's been a lot of times where I've had to fake confidence in order to um, the perception of others to be um, for me to be successful, until I knew enough in myself and my and I believed in myself and I had enough self confidence where I actually truly felt confident. Other but than had, I was faking a lot. 
but you had there had to be a smidge of confidence in you to start the process, whether you were faking it or not. In a grand sense, your daughter had to have some confidence in her ability to start the process. Why are you shaking your head, Thomas? It's not meant to be an us versus them, us versus them thing. But when you said there really can't be answered, I think it can be answered. I think it's so. You do a pros and cons list. It's all going to be starting with confidence before you get the first win. Why does? And there's nothing wrong with faking it till you make it. And one of the points I've written you. Hopefully we can follow some sort of order, but where can you get confidence from if you don't have any yourself? Take it from other people. We we yeah. have, we we are in a in an industry and in, in a network where first someone has to have a little bit of confidence to apply for the job, mm. right? And then they're sent to this course where they pay a thousand dollars to do it, and then some people come out of that and make base their first quarter, and some people come out of that and don't make base for a year. Now. Those people who don't make base for a year, is it through a lack of confidence or belief in the system? And if so, why aren't they taking that belief from somebody else? If you pay $1,000 to go and do a course, shouldn't that give you the confidence that the material that you're learning there is enough for you to go out and make base in your first quarter? Because people do it. Mm. Right? So everything starts. If you had no confidence at all, Chris, can I get... It took you a while to make the jump and open your office, right? Yep. And when I say a while, it took ages. Yeah. Why? Confidence. Lack of. But, uh, right? the, the, lack of the lack of self-confidence that I could actually do it. But in the end of the day, I was on a precipice where I, I, I had to make a decision one way or the other. Mm. Um, and after some nice conversations um, with, with people, I decided to take the plunge. And I, I still have self-doubt, but I know that I'm surrounded by people that I can reach out to. Maybe I don't reach out enough. Thomas is going to laugh now. Um, and at the moment, you might be borrowing other people's confidence or to have that jump. Absolutely. You, know, you, had, to, you had to rely on one yeah. trust in the people around that you. Also, you. Yeah. That also flows downhill because I've got a couple of young ladies working for me now and they have to lend on my confidence for simple actions like prospecting, door knocking. Um, so that... Confidence can be borrowed, can be borrowed from someone or can't be lent to someone, can um, I give to someone. I, I think a, a thing that we need to also remember, though, is some confidence is something, it, it's not something that we can just choose to have in the moment. It's something that has to be built over time. And no, I, I don't think so. I don't believe in that at all. I'm not saying that we don't have confidence, but the confidence to make such a big decision like that, Chris, I would probably ask you was it confidence or courage in that moment that made you do that because confidence is okay, something that takes time to build I think different. if we had to walk out today and decide to be confident at becoming a heart surgeon none none but if, was, if I'm operating on cam I can do it no problem let's go I think it's important that we can't confuse you're right courage you're right it was it was there was a bit of courage in that as well right so you oh, are there's right there's going to be more that. than one there's going to be more than one there's more than one ingredient in the recipe right absolutely you had zero confidence that it was going to work no yeah. amount of courage in the world to get you to do it right yeah you'd have zero confidence yeah. I, when I started I when I keep it on real estate when I started I played a lot of team sports, right? And the team sport says the coach knows what he's doing, so trust in that. And this is why coaches get sacked, right? Because the teams are supposed to do what the coach says, and that's why they sack the coach when the team's not playing well. 
I didn't know anything about real estate. Mm. Didn't know anything at all. Mm-hmm. But I went and did this course with this bloke who's supposed to know, and I had I didn't know whether he knew anything about real estate or not. But all I had was to have the confidence to go well. If this is the guy teaching and he says to do this, go out and do it. And I tell everyone from that starts out that the book that we get at the end of that course is your Bible. And yes, <clears throat> so first off, I had to have the confidence to say, I'm just going to go out and do what's in the book and do what he's told me because I don't know anything else, right? That's, mm. that's a confidence. Mm. Didn't know whether it was going to work or not. And then it did work. And obviously the confidence grew. So you guys aren't wrong. Like obviously confidence grows with the more success you have. Yeah. That's, that's a no-brainer. Mm. But to actually take the steps to start with. Mm. But, that's, um, but, it's, yeah, but the same amount of people went and did the course, didn't follow the book and aren't in real estate anymore. Mm. So mm. whether we're exchanging belief or confidence in the system, mm. maybe that's an interchangeable word, which shouldn't be. I know Thomas is not, confidence isn't in the dictionary twice, so it can't have different meanings. But mm. there has to be a level of confidence to begin with. Absolutely. Otherwise, you but end I- up, you're the person who leaves after a year because it didn't work no you didn't have the confidence to back what it was yeah but I think I think on in that same situation though Cam a lot of people don't have a lot of confidence and but they'll choose courage and and take that step anyway I think a lot of people too many people also wait until they're ready um, which in effect only holds them back because when are you ever ready? If you've not got any skill or experience in real estate, you're never going to be ready until you start. So is it confidence or courage in that moment that you followed that through? I Probably both, probably both. But I can't, how many confident people do we know that are successful? And on the flip side, how many successful people do we know who are confident? Because I know there are a lot of successful people that aren't confident and a lot of confident people who aren't successful. Thomas, you're very quiet, mate. Are we mixing confidence and courage? Yeah, Lou's trying to. I'm not trying to. I'm saying I think we've got to be sort of careful not to mix the two. You know, Lou, sometimes people have blind confidence and they have confidence they can do something and they really can't do it. Confidence can work in the negative as well. That's a different. Right, right. And sometimes that might be looked as courage to get up on stage and sing. But no, that person thinks they can sing because they've had 42 beers and they've got up and they actually can't sing, right? Um, <laughs> or they know all the lyrics to a song like The Real Slim Shady, but they can't sing it. But, so so rap, sometimes mate. confidence can rap. be in the negative. But Thomas, I was going to ask you, Cam brought up an interesting point and we're all obviously, you know, we're followed and listened to by a lot of listeners that are in real estate. If we were going to talk to someone that started their journey or been there for a while, what is it that, is it the confidence, lack of confidence? Is it the lack of habit? What is it that stops those people from being success or not having the success they want? Yeah. <clears throat> Good question. I think, first of all, we have to define really the word confidence. Um, and, and I think that having confidence means having the faith or the belief in your own ability, right? So if that is the definition, then I would say that a lot of people go into the course and they sit there, they don't have the confidence. Someone has to build their confidence during the three days. Just as much as when they get out of course and they think they know they do it, or they know what they're doing, or they are really confident in themselves and the leadership is what destroyed their confidence. Hence those people, you give them a year, you give them three years, they will be destroyed no matter what. 
because there are leaders who are very, very good, whether it is because they can siphon that confidence out of the other person to make themselves look good enough or look worthy of being a leader, or <clears throat> they don't know any better, but just put everybody else around them down so that they can still be top dog. So I, I, still, I really believe that the confidence, meaning the belief in one's own ability is easily decimated if you hang around the wrong leader. Yeah. Absolutely. I've got a whole section on confidence killers, but to begin with, when they first walk out the door, tell, right? So they first walk out the door after the three days. Their leader hasn't had a chance to destroy them. No. There will be portion of people who chuck the book straight in the bin, never to be seen again. No, that's not correct. There will that's be a portion correct. of people who... That's not correct. I, I, I'll say it again, and again, I've only been doing this thing for about 20 years. So I would say that the only reason someone does not open the book, it's because the leader has allowed. And therefore, to me, the, the leader, not understanding that the leader has a duty towards the recruit, has destroyed the recruit. Yeah. You, you have, you, you go into... I don't think there's like, people there that don't have any confidence in the system when they leave. No, because it's like everybody else. You don't have confidence necessarily for practice. You go into, you have to, you still have to put things into practice. There's, even though they've done the, the exam, which is as good as what happens in, in practice, they still don't believe in it. Some mm -hmm. of them go back to the office and the leader goes, ah, don't worry, we, we don't really do that. <clears throat> well, the minute you do this, what the leader is saying, you just wasted three days, man. That's not how we do it here. So whatever you've been learning to do, your rule book does not apply here. Mm -hmm. Now I'm a new recruit, right? I've, I've just done three days and I think that I'm good. And now my leader just destroyed the three days. I mean, what do I do? Which other rule book do I have? Oh, or a leader says to them, this is how we, we, we list by the book. Then when they go out, they sit in front of owners and the leader does a totally different listing presentation. I, the new recruit has to go, hold on, I need to scratch my head because that's what I did in three days. This is what I'm doing now, but this dude is paying me. The head is so confused. So I, I, I think that until the, the, the answer to your question is very simple with recruits that are destroyed or, or walk away, leadership has not has failed them. Leadership must really build on confidence. This, this is how I see it. <clears throat> I, I, take, I take action. I get a certain result. My head starts to build up some kind of interpretation of the result I got. From that, I will take a different set of action. And that's either an increase in confidence or decrease in confidence. That's how it works. I mean, I have no qualm in saying, I have, I have affected even the confidence of my children in doing certain things. I have affected the, the confidence of some other people because sometimes you... You're not in control of your emotion and you do certain things or you're not even in control of your makeup. You've got not good enough feeling and then you try to make sure that the world is either going to be safe from that not good enough that you have or you're going to try and save them. So you force them to do certain things, you know? And so you, you affect them. Why is, it this, why is it that there are some people out there, they go out, they don't have the confidence to start the beginning, but you give it to them. So, so you give them a line they don't have the confidence to do, let's say, let's say the, the, the beginning of the presentation. They can't do the pre-start. And you get them to do the first 60 seconds. And they're stuffing it up. 
But some leaders will go, man, that, that is what a stuff up. They sit down. So other leaders will say, God, that was good. That little bit that you did there was very good. So from no confidence now, this guy does that action, gets such a feedback. The feedback goes in, in his head and he's thinking, hey, I'm good. I can do better. He now does it again. And that wheel now is running. And so suddenly from a position of zero confidence at all, this guy is starting to believe in his own thing, now create the confidence. So in that respect, yes, absolutely. Success does create confidence. Mm. So then, you've, already done a, you've already done a fair bit of it. Let's, I was, no, you talk, have... no you're, talking, you're talking to me about why are they like this and why are they not in a year? Let's, so, so if you extrapolate, they go into an office yeah. And for a year, the leader keeps on putting them down. How the hell do they step up? So I want to talk about I want to talk about confidence killers then, because that's what you transitioned. Dale's already there, so no. I want to talk. I want to talk about what kills confidence, and I want to talk about what how we can get confidence back, and I want to talk about what creates confidence. But because Dale's already talking about leadership, no, no, I'm, I'm only answering your question. I, I, I'm not, I, it's not a bad thing, mate. I'm just saying. I have, now, so. I have not. I have not moved on. I have not moved on from confidence yet because I don't think that we there, we have finished with that yet. Confidence killers. You take anything that is negative. It's a confidence killer. Well, I think confidence is a, so, is a belief, but it doesn't have to be in yourself. Well, I think using the example of the course, I had to have confidence in you or confidence in. That I'd, I'd spent the money, so it must be worthwhile, right? That's the confidence. I have to have, when people bungee jump, right, they have to have confidence not in themselves, but the rope isn't going to break. Yeah? So I don't think confidence is just belief in your ability. I think it's confident. It can be confidence in the people around you or what you're... Are you, are you mixing confidence with trust? No, belief. We, we, we play semantics here. We first... I'm not trying to play semantics. You asked me a question, I'm saying no. Courage. I think we mix it with courage. Right. Now we're mixing with trust. No. You also brought faith, you also brought faith into it before, Thomas, too. So if, I'm, if, I'm doing, if, I'm doing, if I'm doing budget, if I'm doing budget jumping, I'm not going to have faith in the... In, I'm not going to have trust in the rope, necessarily. No, but <laughs> I don't have confidence. I wouldn't be... Hey, the business is still open... So I'm confident that that wouldn't be open if everyone was dying. So we're going. I'm not trying to play semantics, mate. I'm trying to keep it yeah. semantics free. I'm just trying to make a point. I don't think confidence is only belief in yourself. Confidence can be belief in a thing or a system Absolutely. or a Absolutely. or a. That's that's all I'm trying to say. Absolutely. Because someone with no confidence, it, it, I mean, delusional people or people in a, as Chris's point earlier, people who with no singing experience and only hear themselves in the shower jumping up on stage, that's a delusion, right? So to have confidence in something you've never done before or never achieved before, is that, are you a little bit crazy if that's where you're at or are you a little bit delusional? So sometimes to make the next step, you have to have confidence in other people or other things. Mm -hmm. But uh, you still have to have that to take the first step. Otherwise, I, I, I think that the, to, to build that confidence, all you have to do is to take action and you need someone who's yeah. going to be keyboard enough to just push push it to take action. What is very interesting is today I spent a day with a room full of property managers. And when I listen to them, the knowledge that they have, not only it's inspiring, the, uh, uh, their ability to just do their job is beyond, beyond um, great. But then sometimes I look at them and I ask them to do something and there's such a lack of confidence. Mm. You know, and I think that that is something that is that was interesting to, to really have a look. Why is it that 
people who've got so much knowledge, so much know-how, can actually pass a test 100% in property management mm. and have so much about maybe lack of belief this time, but the, the confidence level to do something is so, so low. Mm. I don't want to be semantic, but you want to talk about things that kill confidence. Is that what you're doing there? No, I'm, I, no, it's not necessarily kill because I don't think that they kill. They Many of them are in... Um, amazing uh, businesses where I know that the, the, the owner is constantly trying to build confidence. So what are things that affect your confidence? And I'll say effects, not affect yeah. negatively. I, I think that, I think that genetics, genetics. Genetics, I think comparing to others. I think number one for me is self-talk. I think people that have very bad self-talk because we like going back to the confidence thing, it builds over time, but it also wavers and it only takes a bad experience or a setback or, you know, in our industry, think about how many times a salesperson's on a roll and they've listed, listed, listed and sold, sold, sold. And then suddenly they go through a period where they can't list, they can't sell, they can't list. And then they start having this, I can't do this. I'm not good enough. I, this, this obviously isn't for me, this industry. And suddenly your whole role as a leader Obviously, you're always training on skill and belief and attitude and all the rest of it, but your whole job changes to work on this on, on the belief side or the self-talk because it's not that they can't do it. They've proven that they can, but they've let one or two downfalls destroy their confidence and therefore their success rate. So I think self-talk is a huge um, confidence killer. I had telling telling yourself the wrong stories, which is the same what you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. Kim, I like I like the fact that you were use the word effects your confidence because what we're talking about now, anyone listening can say, okay, if I'm in that bracket, I can change it for the positive. Mm. But your self talk, your environment. Um, what was the other? I thing think you said I think com comparing to others will okay. kill your confidence quicker than most things, and unfortunately, we're in a world at the moment where we're set up to do that. Mm. Yep. I see it all the time in, in staff and in our people trying to compare themselves to someone who's been doing it for five years, 10 years, 20 years and and getting disheartened if they're not on the same level or on the other end thinking they are on the same level when they're not. That's the overconfidence is as big a problem as lack of confidence. I think in overconfidence will get you killed on a motorbike um, or in a car sort of thing. Um, yeah. I Sorry, I think... Association, yes. absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, but hold on. Procrastination is a association. 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 Yeah. Um, an association in the wrong office, wrong family, wrong group of friends. Mm. Um, and it doesn't take much to change that, but it is a very hard thing to change. And I think ego, okay. ego, wrong association. Ego. You know what? With ego, people too, around you, people around you are a double-edged sword. You can take the confidence from them for the good, or you can take the negative from them for the bad, right? So, um, I, that's yeah. not, I think you can borrow. That's. Uh, let's talk about the negatives first, and then I think we should talk about for people who are listening who yeah. are struggling with confidence, how they can get it back. I think. Yeah. I think the other confidence killer too is something that I said earlier. It's waiting until you're ready because how many people wait till they're ready that till they feel confident enough? I think that holds people back more than anything because seriously, when are you ever ready to do such things that some of the things that we've all achieved in our lifetime, geez, if we had to wait till we were ready, we would never have achieved them. We had That's to- That's back to the question, Lou. You need that confidence to take the first step. That's why I think you can differentiate between the two. 
Yeah, I don't know, because I, I can only base it on my own experience because I haven't lived in anyone else's shoes. But a lot of what pushed me to make decisions was a little bit of confidence, but a hell of a lot of courage. Um, and know, but guys, on that train of thought, when you're saying that, Lou, there's an old analogy I heard ages ago. It's called ready, fire, rain, which is, and but a lot of people won't do that. Like you said, they're always getting ready to be ready, okay? Yeah. I, I take it back when I first started real estate. I was 22 years in the building industry, and I, all I knew, I was decent at communicating with people. I was good at selling because I was selling some, you know, building products in, you know, and systems and so forth, um, and I thought I could learn the rest. So what well, happened? <laughs> I met you. Um, I think we've been way too nice point. this week. Yeah. So, so what, what I'm getting at is you, you don't, I think people don't look at, they, they only need one or two tools to have that to move forward and you can construct the rest around you or learn the skill on the way. I think people think they need to know it all before they take that plunge to, to have the confidence to move forward. I think we need to, you know, be aware that often a lot of us have the ability to do what we want to do. We just need to take that plunge, believe in ourselves, that self-belief. Mm. I think that's the biggest thing I think a lot of people are lacking in that. What about, um, confidence yeah. killers. What about misinterpretation of results to you? Something you brought up in a training session a couple of weeks ago when we're talking about self-confidence and self-esteem, the, the misinterpretation of a result. So someone equates missing a listing into they're the worst person on the planet or the owners hated me or I can't do this job. How, how big a role does that play in? in but that's, uh, I think, what Louise brought up, which is a self-talk, isn't it? Self -talk. <clears throat> yeah, yeah absolutely. Self-talk. If, if you're talking yourself that way, absolutely. Yeah, and we talk about it in um, with salespeople celebrating their wins too long, but also, um, what's the other word? Like when they have a failure, woe is me too long. Um, you know, it's about getting people to be straight back on, hey, look, everybody makes mistakes, everybody fails. And, you know, in fact, we encourage people to fail, don't we? Because we sort of, we say like, no one's perfect. You've got to make the mistakes so you can learn and be better, um, especially the new recruits, you know? So, um, yeah, it, but, but, how, but a lot of people get stuck in that trap, been there and done it, you know, you celebrate too long when it's good and then you woe is me for too long when it's bad. Yeah. Oh, I mean, just to just just to go a little bit further, some of these people who were in the room today actually said to some of their colleagues, "If he gets me up there, I'm leaving the room. <laughs> I don't want to do role plays, you know." And I'm just thinking, hold on, you just drove two hours. I mean, you could actually save yourself the two hours and stay home and make that call. But yeah. so if you drove two hours. That means that part of you wants you to go and be at the front. Mm, mm. And that there's a minute part of you that is scared, but everyone's scared. I mean, everyone's scared. Even the nicest thing on, on, on in life, we're scared. I mean, imagine the fear we all had, you know, uh, just kissing our first girl or, or, or boy. It's just a crazy fear. Mm. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't think it was confidence. I think it was hormones. And... Uh, <laughs> Courage. Yeah. <laughs> so many lines I could say right there. That's courage. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, sure. There's plenty of of, um, of of I won't say killers because I think they're affecting someone who's leaving a business after yeah. a year did not have confidence killers, but they had mm -hmm. confidence um, 
parameters that, or factors that affect them slowly and chop them one hit at a time. And it was that one last strike that really broke their back and they had to go. Mm. So my, my thing is, what, what about the people who have fake confidence? Those people who have half confidence, for example, they go, I want to go and do this, but they don't really do it. They, they're in that kind of limbo of, I want to do it. I'll do a little bit to, to show that I'm doing, but they're not in there full on. They don't jump in the deep end and go for it. Mm. That's where I think fake it till you make it's dangerous, right? It, 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 it can be effective in the beginning, but it's dangerous if it... We know, I know people who have come and looked for a job and then done absolutely nothing just so they could go home and tell their significant other that they had a job, right? That was all they had to do. I know we all know people who drive around in $150,000 cars, which they've leased, to pretend like they're successful in, in what they do. Um, yeah. I, I, I said before, overconfidence or... Overconfidence and fake confidence are probably different, but pretending to be someone you're not is just as dangerous or as, as damaging as having no confidence at all or mm. being overconfident, same thing, because you'll, you'll you try and run Do you think this is a social media fact? They, you know, I look good online. It doesn't matter what's really... I think it was, happening, it was happening long before Facebook, mate. Yeah. So I think, well, I think sometimes we try and palm stuff off to social media. Like social media's got a lot to answer for. Absolutely. But, but people have been faking it for way. Like fraud, fraud wasn't invented ten years ago, right? So they're Mel keeping up with the Joneses saying they keep. Melissa, Melissa Caddick, Melissa Caddick was doing what robbing people well before Facebook started, right? So I think we can't palm everything off onto social media as easy yep. as it is. It's yep. endemic in us to try and show the world that we're, that's how social media started. How can we show more people that we're not really who we are? You know, yeah, right. some sick psychological thing that's wrong with all of us where we have to pretend to be someone we're not. Yeah. We have to only tell people about the good stuff and not the bad stuff. We have to, you know, pretend that we're a million dollar agent when we've sold two properties in the last 12 months. We have to lie to vendors instead of going into a listing appointment saying hey i'm new i'm hungry i want to start a career we have to go in and pretend like we're um king shit of turd island um there's there's so much in us that that does that already and that's that's just as dangerous because and it does it's not how much of it do you your body think knows your body knows right so whatever's coming out of here your gut's going you're full of it you're full of it you're full of it and then you, you yeah. wonder why you go home and cry yourself to sleep at night. It's generally because you're full of it. But do you do you think though a lot of people have to fake it until they make it, till they feel the confidence enough to be successful? And and like, is that necessarily a bad thing? It depends on how you use it, right? So someone in like what Thomas is suggesting and what I'm talking about, that's lying to people. Okay, mm -hmm. fake it till you make it. Here's an example. When I started real estate and someone said to me, how long have you been doing? I would say long enough. And then I'd just move on and change the subject. That was faking it until I made it, but it wasn't lying. Like it wasn't. That's not faking it. That's not faking it. You, you, long just, you just right. escaped the, the topic. Sorry, Ken. I had to change that. That's not faking it. What, what Louise is saying is, do you have to go out there and pretend that you lie to yourself that you're confident when you're not confident? Yeah. Uh, well, it's positive. If you're lying, if you're telling yourself you're confident when you're really not, is that not positive self-talk? 
And are you eventually going to turn it into conflict? Yeah. You can look in the mirror every day and go, I'm a good guy, I'm a good guy, I'm a good guy. And the yes, first sir. couple of mornings you do it, you might not believe it, right? Mm. But isn't that the whole point of mantras and self-talk? You, you, can't, just, you can't just wake up one day and go, like a, a rah-rah, Tony Robbins, a guru will tell you, stand in the mirror and tell yourself you're confident. The first week, you're not going to believe it. So mm. that's faking it till you make it. And that's that's probably in a healthy, that's in a healthy sense. Yeah, absolutely. Going out there and lying about where you're at in life or pretending to be somebody else, that's that's faking it. You, you'll never make it, essentially. You'll you'll just want people to think you've made it. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely. We know too many Instagram agents. I know people competing with people at the moment who've got videos out saying, you know, look, we've sold five houses this month and you should only trust agents who have actually sold houses. They've got 150 listings. So congratulations, you sold five of them. Same people have just been caught by one of their vendors lying about buyer appointments because they've got cameras in the house. Morons, right? Oh, we took a buyer around the house today. No, you didn't. We got cameras. Faking it till you make it is going to lead you. It's a... It's a truck you can't reverse. Once you're down that path too far, mm. once you've said, I am this and I am that, and we are this and we are that, once it, once mm. you're too far down that track, yeah. you can't get out of it. And I think that's what happened. You know, I mentioned Melissa Caddick. When she stole the first five bucks, she probably got out of trouble. Well, by the time she'd stolen five million, there's no way out of that, right? Yeah, but just to send a clear message to anybody that might be listening, is fake it till you make it necessarily an overall bad thing? In the wrong situation, I totally agree, Cam, it can be. But sometimes, and agree with me or not, I think sometimes we have to fake it till we make it. But look, when you're lying to others, it's definitely bad. When you're telling yourself the truth in advance. <laughs> I love it. That's, that's when it's different, right? So that's the positive I'm skinny, self-talk. I'm skinny, I'm skinny. I like oh, you've that. You've got the same answer that I have. Good um, job. That's my favourite new line. I don't think there's anything wrong. I prefer, rather than fake it, you make it, borrow your confidence from other people. Like it's, it's, yeah, but sometimes... I if I go back to the listing appointment, Thomas can pull me up again if he wants, but I'd tell people to say, instead of saying, oh, I say we, until you're selling houses, say we... Sold this. I was alone in my office for a while, mate. And I used we because we as a franchise is still we. We. Exactly. Yeah, that's we've great. Sold more, we've sold more houses on the Central Coast than any other agency. We. Yeah. Not I, right? But yeah. so to someone who needs to draw confidence and belief or the both entwined until they've got it themselves, I've got no issues. Take it from other people. Okay, yeah. Don't lie. Don't lie. Because that's making it till you make it, saying, oh, I did this and I did that and I've got all the listings and I've done it. That's not faking it till you're making it. That's bullshit. I just want to, I want to ask, I want to ask Thomas a question. You, and you had this, it brought it up from today's property management side of things. I know that salespeople are also apprehensive to get up and do sort of role plays in front of the audiences and that whether it's speaking in front of crowds or something also. Do you think there's a different sort of confidence or ego between a salesperson and a property manager? Do you think there's a, a bit of a variance? And why is that? Because I've noticed it in my career that property managers don't think they're selling. But as salespeople, we know they're selling. They're selling themselves, their services and so forth. A hundred percent. I know plenty of salespeople who wouldn't get up either. 
Okay, Thomas. <laughs> I think that salespeople and um, property managers are bred differently. Mm. Salespeople, we are we are taught to go out there and fake it until we make it. Mm -hmm. Property managers, we can get sued if we say something that is half lie, because anything that we say that maybe a, a, there's a touch of a lie, we can go to court. And so the obligation of our duties really forces us to really separate in our anxiety level, in, in our level of confidence. I, I truly believe that property managers are thinking we need, we need like a, quite a few years before we, we become competent. Where a sales guy, some of them, they believe that they're competent because they just received their business card. Mm -hmm. and, and, and so it's very, very different. You know, you, you have, uh, let's put it this way. You have people who go to competition like uh, tennis. They win, they don't win. It's mainly because the ball is in or not. Then you have people who go to competition like dressage or like fizzy, where you're not competing to win because you win the, you win the point. You're, you're winning because a judge has made some uh, judge uh, has some decisions about your performance and based on, on how they perceive your performance, they score you. And that can affect you. And, and so over time, the tennis player, he knows if I learn to hit the ball better and get the point, I win. The other person goes, even if I do better, I don't know, because if I stumble upon a bad judge, I'm gone that day, you know? And so the first group, they go, my, my destiny is in my hand because I get the point, I'm confident. The other group, they start developing anxiety. And, and I think the property managers have got a lot of anxiety because things can go wrong. Like today, I was, I, I was dumbfounded. I mean, these days now I'm hanging around. This is the first week I'm hanging around with inhaler and, and, and Ventolin and Symbicorp and whatever it is. But then today I sat down with the property managers and the biggest topic they had was mold into properties. Mm. And they're talking about mold and, and, I, and it hit me <laughs> and I couldn't believe it. And afterwards I realized, see, I'm a typical salesperson because I realized, and, and I thought to myself, maybe I don't have a problem with asthma. Maybe it's a problem with mold. I may have to search for mold around my house because if I can find that mold and I can fix it, then I'll never have asthma for the rest of my life. You got asthma. <laughs> You know, it is a crazy that we think very differently. Yeah, I think it also comes down to the different roles as well because well, I I very, very little experience in property managers besides the odd stint or two where I've had to get involved. But property managers tend to deal with a lot of uh, crappy things. This very up, reactive, so not proactive in their, exactly. in their job. We as salespeople get to deal with a lot of exciting stuff, people's biggest decisions, the celebrations, the, yes, there's bad things. And Jesus Christ, have you sold a house in the last month? Plenty. But Pulling, the thing is, like, teeth. salespeople have a different um, environment or, or exposure to the, the everyday life of people, I think, whereas property managers, I know, their phones don't stop. And every time it rings, nine out of ten times, it's not a good thing, it's a bad thing. It's a good so point if we call that association or whatever we call that, they're dealing with a lot of stuff. I just want to share quickly before I um, forget, I posed this topic on Instagram today. Does being confident lead to success or do we need success to be confident? And I, and I put a poll. So I just thought I'd share very interestingly with sure. you. So I don't know if, can anybody can read, it? Just read it to us? Okay. So three followers. 
<laughs> One, two, three. <laughs> it went up two hours ago and it's had 25 responses in terms of the poll. So confidence equals success. 44% of people agreed, but success equals confidence. 56 people agreed. So I don't know if you can see that now or not. There you go. Yeah, 56% um, of people are wrong. Um, that was the... Which is, which is how Labor... Hey, Labor just won the election the same way, so don't worry. Um, no, I, I think I think it's, there's no right or wrong. That's not the, no, the, that's not the point. Not what, what, what it's saying is that more and more people these days need to rely on external... They want to see it before they believe it, mate. They yeah. want to see it before they believe it. Been, that's always been the case, Cam. That, um, yeah, the but that's majority of people, yeah. people. This is why there's more workers than there's and more... There Business owners, yeah. So, and just to, I want to get onto the positive because I want to help people try and get some confidence back. But before we do that, we've talked in general about confidence killers or confidence effectors. Yeah. Now, you touched on it before, Thomas. I want you to go a little bit harder. Or let's go a little bit harder. What are we doing to our staff that kills their confidence from a, right. from a, from a leadership point of view? What's cards on the table? What are we doing to? kill our staff and metaphorically speaking you have to remember what i said at the beginning that our action leads to results right and from the results it goes to our head to be interpreted yeah and so the interpretation we give to the result is going to push us to take actions if the interpretation is positive we the, our action will become firmer if if it is not so good, we will shy in our action. So it's action leads to result, leads to interpretation, and it keeps on going like this. I get it. I get it. But very good. So very so when it's positive, it leads to confidence. When it's negative, so a leader mm. needs to really understand that he can only affect not the result but the interpretation. Mm. Mm. So great leaders jump into the inter interpretation and focus on how to help the person get something positive out of the interpretation. Once you have that and you understood it, then the action is going to be way more. Let's yeah. get That's what it is. Unfortunately, most leaders don't do that. They, I get it, you know, they, they, their back pocket is burning or hurting, whatever it is. And so they go, don't do that again. You, this is what you did. You did that, therefore you did. And what they don't realize is they feeling the interpretation of the recruiter of, I'm not good enough, I can't mm -hmm. do it, uh, I stuffed it up again. And then they're expecting them to have better actions, more more full-on actions. You can't. Yeah. All right, so let's get, can we get the overall philosophy, yes, but there, I'm sure there's well-intentioned leaders out there who, who aren't thinking about back pocket and all this sort of stuff. Can we get specific can we rattle off some innocuous things that no no I, i'm not we're not i'm not going to go there all I, I say is leaders ought to become masters in communication yes 100 percent. and the other thing is too not in just their own communication but i going back to the whole self-talk thing cam in order to build confidence we have to be so so mindful of how we talk to ourselves but when we hear somebody talking and, and expressing things that like the wrong words or, oh, shit, that was dumb or I did that wrong or whatever, I was, I was in my research for this topic, I was listening to a Jay Shetty podcast and he said, particularly women, because we know women have a lot of 
bad self-talk around um, being good enough. And he did an experiment. He put them in a room and he said, okay, you 20 women, I want you to write down on a bit of paper everything negative that you say to yourself on a daily basis. So they were saying, I'm fat, I'm ugly, I'm not good enough, I'm a bad mom, I work too much, I don't see my kids, la, 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 all these things. And then he said to them, okay, come with me, take that list and come with me. So he took them into a room next door. And in that room, every one of them had a younger sister. And he said, okay, so now I want you to say all those things to your younger sister. And they just said, I would never in a million years say those things to my sister. And he said, so why do you say it to yourself? Because what you are telling yourself is creating the action, is creating the next move that you make, is creating the self-belief or the confidence that you either have or don't have to make that next move that determines your next step, which determines your ultimate destiny. So why do we have this ability to talk to ourselves so terribly, but then we would never, I would never say horrible things that I have been guilty of saying to myself, to my kids or anybody that I love, but why is it okay to do it to ourselves? And I think if we're going to talk about building confidence, it starts with self. We got to talk to ourselves better and, and build ourselves up. Oh, but yes, 100%. But Thomas doesn't want to go into specifics, but I think for the, for the lesser among us, you need to. So <laughs> what, no, yes, no answers, right? No. How can someone thinks that they're doing everything right by their team, but unfortunately their team's losing confidence and not performing, right? So let's rattle off. So not training enough, building confidence or ruining confidence? Absolutely ruining. Oh, so here we go. Holding someone back for too long, not letting, keeping them in bench for too long, ruining or helping? Ruining. Ruining. Depends on the person, but ruining. You have to have the conversation. No, too long is too long. Too long means that they're right. ready to go oh, yeah. and you don't let them, right? Ruining. Ruining. Um, Being upset no, with no, no, no team events ever. Ruining or helping? Ruining. Right. Um, keeping people on minimum wage. Helping or hindering? Ruining. Ruining. What, what, what about, what about um, not being flexible and understanding work-life balance? Ruining or? Absolutely ruining. Ruining. Here's, here's what I I'm... had one of my staff members have her dog in my office the other day because no, the but... mum had to leave the dog by itself. Here's what but I'm it was talking... a nice dog that people were looking out from outside coming to the office to see hey, the dog. Friend, it's here's 2022. Get here's used what to I'm, Here's what I'm talking about. All of a sudden, we've got a list, right? So doing the training but talking too much in it, helping or hindering. Ruining, hindering, hindering. What else can we add to the list? Being upset with failures. I'm sorry? Being upset with someone failing. Absolutely. Celebrate their failures. Celebrate their failures. And asking them to do something that you're not first uh, uh, prepared to do yourself. You know, it's a funny thing. If we, uh, I taught this at leadership uh, and I called it parenthood in 2003. I did a, a seminar called parenthood. I was 10 leadership, sorry. You know, parent, parenting leadership. And you was, yeah, no, you were still a baby and, and uh, being pulled out of a tennis court by your mother, Ken. But when, when, when I did that... Hurt my confidence, brother. <laughs> you, that's all right, man. You've got another 30, 30 years... Of, of prospecting. Work, get, get <laughs> I was 21. He's added nine years. I'm in trouble. <laughs> anyway, anyway, so... so 
you know, you, you have a look at some of these things that people are doing. They don't, they don't get it. I, I give you a very good example. I, I had prioritizing two, one teammate over another. I had two leaders this morning texting me, right? So um, I'm in my car at seven because today it was presentation day. And because of some stuff up of mine, I lost a document that had my entire presentation for the day. Uh, I lost it uh, 24 hours ago. I had to redo the whole lot. And I get two texts. One, my staff and I, we all sick. So I'm sorry, we can't come. No problem. But you were sick also yesterday. And the second one was actually to me even worse. It was, man, I have three staff. One is sick, one, one is this, and then one is about to leave and blah, blah, blah. So sorry. And I'm thinking, if I was a leader, I would still turn up because isn't there anything better for me as a leader to learn stuff and bring home to teach my team, hey, guys, I'm in the trenches with you. I, I get it. You couldn't be there for some kind of reasons, but I went and I did it. And, and I think that little things like this, you know, affect people's confidence. If they can't be confident in their leadership, there's not much that can happen in their performance. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think you could write a list, mate. It might be a hundred long, but I think you know, I think it'd be actually a helpful list because there's some of it's common sense, but there's a lot of people I believe out there trying to do the right thing and just not realising. But by doing the right thing, you're actually hurting more than you're helping, and that's that's why I wanted to get in, into specifics. Yes, the overall philosophy is action and reaction, mate. Young Einstein, it's a great movie, Young Einstein, but um <laughs> action versus reaction all right so now I, I still i still believe that not paying people right is also oh 100 we that's why i made a joke and i know it was a shit joke but the minimum wage thing before 40 dollars a week how's that saving somebody interest rates just went up half a percent then yeah i i, I know i know ken but imagine that you're uh, even though it's gonna it's being pushed back for your restaurant but you have four or five guys and 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 you're 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 barely breaking even 40 bikes is gonna hit you bad. Plus the first of July, the super increase is gonna hit you too. So there's a lot and, and of- Let me, let me throw this out there. also gone up, so your repayments on your loans let, gone up as well. Let, so. me throw, let me throw this out there because I'm always the bad guy, so I'll be the bad guy again. If you're barely breaking even in business, what are you doing wrong? There's probably another podcast. No, that's what I mean. Like, it's easy to go, oh, we're barely making ends meet as it is. Okay, well, let's look at why we're barely making ends meet rather than on an extra $40, an extra $40 a week. Like, I, I use the analogy. I, I use the analogy. I think that you're speaking as an underprivileged man living in a $6 million house. No, I had a, I had a conversation. No, same analogy, mate. I had a conversation. I, today I, with... I am thinking still about that lady who did a podcast with us in Bankstown, yeah. running a cafe and helping people during COVID. What's her name again? Lena. Lena, but I reckon yeah. she's killing it now. I'm I just reckon... thinking. I'm just thinking. The competition she has around her is huge, huge. And she's not the only one selling coffee, mate. It's huge. Oh, I said I'd be the bad guy. That's all right. Come at me. Well, he's, he's this woman now having to really have go through all of those increases. Now, she just she's just put her head above water and now she has to 
top all of these things. You know, we're not talking about just real estate agent doing not much and then getting a twenty thousand dollars car. No, but what's the what's the what's the uh, alternative then? You know, I mean, we we're talking about it. We're going off into other topic, but we're talking about inflation being at six percent or something stupid like that, and we're not. And people aren't making any more money. How the how the staff? I get it, and I, but I think forty dollars a week and all that stuff. I think it's at the end of the day, you want more. Find a way of getting it, but yeah, um, I still believe that it will hurt someone's back pocket. Maybe uh, not everyone, but someone will 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 go through. Uh, yeah. Storm. yeah. Uh, it's not COVID, but it's as good for them. I think there's uh, they need to obviously. Uh, some the, the a side of a government has one. They have to now deliver a few things. So they're doing that in their first hundred days. I understand that. So I hope it's not too rushed. Um, and let's go back to our confidence now in right. family. In family, I, I was thinking about what you were saying earlier, Chris. But if a child, if your child stood up and started to take a first few step, and then he stumbled. Do you go to your child and say, sorry, mate, when you took that step, you did it wrong. You should have done it this way. You should put your foot forward and hold up. No, <laughs> all of us would go, oh, I can't believe you just did that. I cannot yeah. believe you. But then, Great analogy. No, unfortunately, Great. they'd say, can you do it again? I didn't have my phone out. Can you? <laughs> I, I, I say it to people, you know, like a child, a child is, First, first few words, not the first word, but the first few words, he goes, whoa, whoa. what does he want? Whoa, whoa. Mm -hmm. and then, and then <laughs> water, and the child goes, whoa, whoa, and you go, yes, you see, mom, she wants water. From here on, we're going to say, whoa, whoa, we won't say water anymore. It's going to be whoa, whoa in this house. Good on you. You want some whoa, whoa? I mean, <laughs> seriously, the stuff that we do just to groom our kids into champions. But when we have a recruit, he comes out from after three days. And he says, whoa, whoa. And, we go, and when he does something wrong, and we have a leader standing up and say, mate, haven't you learned that from your books, mate? Did you really pass your exam, mate? That would be like mm. telling the kid, listen, mate, if you're going to open your mouth, are you going to pronounce things right? But otherwise, wait until you can. Mm. But leaders do that. Mm -hmm. And hence, I, I see them. leaders who constantly go through people and destroy them because they're not understanding leadership is a duty, not something you got because you open the show. It's a mm. duty. Yeah, absolutely. Duty or a privilege? Oh, it's uh, a duty. No, people can, in, in this, not, not so much. Let's take our network out of it and look at it. it it's very easy to open a real estate office, isn't it? So can I ask a question? Very, hang on, very easy. No, we're talking about duty or privilege, right? So in most networks, very easy to go and stick your name. Oh, okay. Name. Yes, yes. Okay. All right. So that's not privilege. That's networks running around, networks running around with 500 officers who want 550, right? So that's, that's not a privilege. You, you bought your way in or you, you did whatever you did. You, you joined there, right? So then your duty, your duty. It, Right, mate. It's going to cost me lunch, but I f word it up all the time. But I f it up all the time, knowing that my duty is to help these people get what I've got, or, or do what I've done, or or 
help them have a win, right? That's the duty. It's not a privilege. It, it, it's a, it's you, that's if you're going to put the name leader on your name badge anywhere instead of boss or just dickhead who's got too much money so he can pay people's wages. That's that's not a in most circumstances not a privilege. It's a duty, right? I, I can a, I consider it a privilege. Is that word uh, D I C whatever? I don't think that's a swear word. No. Okay. Right. <laughs> I, anyway. I wanted to even talk about what about uh, confidence in, in, in our home? I mean, we, we just touch on our, on, on our kids, but what about in family, in a couple? Mm. Is a confidence in a couple leads to success or a successful marriage will always uh, will lead to even more confidence or vice versa, does it affect? So we know it, it does, but what about that? A lot of people think that that line is just about work. Mm. You'd like to be able to say that most people are confident before they get married that the relationship is going to be a success, but I don't think so. Mm. I think because of us silly humans and our messed up psychology, a lot of us will get married or jump into a relationship on the hope, not with no confidence whatsoever, but, hey, I get a ring or, hey, you know, I get to say I've got somebody. So mm. I think That's we spend more good. time at work. I think we spend more time trying to do right by our staff sometimes and we do trying to do right yeah. by our relationship. I, I, I agree with that. But within the relationship, it's a big can of worms opening it up. What people expect, the expectations of people before they get into a, a relationship, you know, whether it's, a, you know, just a boyfriend, girlfriend or a full-blown marriage. Um, but it's a good, good, good question you raise there, Thomas. I think... Wish you didn't raise it with 15 minutes to go because... It's <laughs> but I think people need... I think, I think like staff members, it comes down to how you respond to the other person's shortcomings or failures. If you're going to put them down when they fail, seriously, that marriage is going to, there's going to be something wrong on the adverse side of that. If you can like light of it, have a joke together, openly communicate and, and, and move forward with something and talk through something that, that it's always going to be a confidence builder for the other person within that relationship. Mm. And until people realize that, whether you're at work or at home with your kids or your staff, your wife or your parents, it's all communication. It's all give and take. And it's all helping the other person be confident that you're not going to lose your shit when they give you some bad news or how you're going to respond with good news. So it's, do it's you think being, though, Do you think though, and this is a thought that's just occurred, so it's not very well developed, forgive me, but Thomas raised a question. We talked about social media before and how easy it's been to, to pile on social media. So I'm going to jump on the feminist bandwagon and blame the patriarchy, right? Do you think because of the way Western society has evolved where the guy's the king of the castle, that inherently, and still now, and we're trying to change, inherently there's one person at the top and the rest are supposed to feel less confident and, and we're... I think that's be, I think that's losing power, Cam. As we move along, and we've had a podcast about women in leadership and so forth. I think that's losing power as we evolve as 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 a nation. As as the confidence, human. the confidence for a the confidence for the confidence for a woman or a man to leave a toxic relationship. Right? No, not necessarily. I don't think. I don't that know if that's courage. I think it's confidence, and I, I don't think, think that's changed dramatically. Women back to work. You know, the big thing about the new government is we're getting women back to work. Right? Is that a financial thing or a confidence thing? I'm not trying to pick. There's no fights here. I'm just saying. I'm actually. I've jumped on the feminist bandwagon here. We're talking about 
confidence in families. I think we've been designed, genetically evolved, especially in Western society, for subordination. But I think that's evolved. I think that's our society's evolved without allowing women um, to come back to work early, men staying at home. It's evolving, um, but it's by no means. We're not all the way there. But, you, know, you know, what's the finish line? I don't think it's a very, very clear indication of where we need to be. But it, we have changed from five years, ten years, twenty years. It's it's changed dramatically. I mean, ask an owner if they would allow half their staff to work at home five years ago, let alone ten just five years ago, and how effective they would have thought they would have been. Now asking the same thing. There's mums across the nation because of COVID that have actually proven to their bosses that, you know what, I'm not going to work nine till five. I'm going to work seven till nine. I still, reckon it's a, I still reckon it's a minority, Chris. I think if you throw up one of, I think if you throw up one of Lloyd's Instagram polls, we hear about the feel-good stories, but I think, unfortunately, we haven't evolved enough where to that example where people working from home, I don't think it's anywhere near 50%. I don't think it's anywhere near mothers being able to go home at 2.30 so they can pick up their kids from school or vice versa, fathers as well. I hate saying mothers. And you know what I use? I use an, an example as my wife. My wife hasn't been into her office in two weeks. And the boss is like, I don't care. Just do what you need to do. I bet she's If I was her boss, I would trust. Her. I would trust her. You look at her work ethic. I would trust her. So, it's it, it's about looking at the individual. You know. Exactly. I, mean, I, I I used to have workers that used to work from home and nine o'clock meeting on Zoom. Their hair was like this, mate. And I go, you just woke up at five to nine. Different story. So as an owner, you have the confidence in some of your 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 employees and. The lack of confidence in others that they are doing the job. Yes. Yeah, quickly, we took it away from family, went back to work. <laughs> well, I've only been trying to say something for 10 minutes, but I can't. Jump in, Lou. We know it's going to take 10 minutes but to nine say minutes, so Lou, so You better hurry up. No, no, no. But what I'm saying is back to the argument of women and men and whatever else. But I think there's a lot of women that are, women that are making a stance, and it's not so much that, you know, um, men go out and make the money and the women stay home and whatever it is that sort of sort of talking about i think there's a lot of women that have taken a stance oh, I I, no i know you i know you didn't say that but you said you jumped on the feminist wagon and everything else but pardon i'm a feminist now <laughs> but there's a lot of women that have taken a stance and and have come full force with the confidence and the belief that you know what at the end of the day if it is to be it's up to me you don't need, I'm not going to say you don't need a man, but the mindset of thinking that you need a man to be successful or anything else, that's 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 gone for a lot of people. You know, there's a lot of women and hence, you know, Rita doesn't show up for work or doesn't have to go to the office for two weeks. Why? Because she's a mother who's got responsibilities, who needs to show accountability and can prove Rob, herself. Well, I think we're losing... I think we're all the clients are a bit stiff. I think we're getting off, off point that both the employee employer have confidence in each other that the job's getting done and each yes. other they trust each other they have the confidence that things are going to happen but this right. that leads to the success of, yeah. of that, that relationship i think that i agree with cam we, we're going back to work my, oh, my point was this my yeah. point was about this is if i if my wife has confidence in me does it leave it to a success in our couple or because I we do a few successful things in our couple, 
it will lead me to the two of us being confident of our confidence first confidence first and then success emboldens it right it, in case it solidifies it not emboldens it solidifies it but here's, here's the thing i i don't reckon we're going to get this bit done or hope we don't get this bit done in seven minutes because we're no better than channel nine. We've, we've talked a lot about the negative now let's spend as much time as it takes to give people who are sitting there going yeah great you've told me why i don't have any confidence how i can get some back all right now we if we want to keep it shorter we can keep it to a work sense and keep it to a real estate sense so i've only got one piece of advice and i think it works for footy teams and real estate and everyone involved and and it's and let's, start, to, then let's start with you man don't, go don't, back don't go just, back <laughs> How do we breed confidence? Well, we breed confidence through our training and everything else. But a guy who's been trained and been doing, you know, he's listed 500 properties in his lifetime can still lose confidence. And you know what happens at the end? Go back to basics. Mm. You've moved the needle too far. Everything's got, when, when all else fails and you're feeling down and out, go back to what got you there in the first place. Right, go back to, the first 60 seconds or the pre-start speech and getting sold and all that stuff. Go yeah. back. Speaking, like I go on runs, so I consider myself fairly good at what I do, but I go on runs and I've called the- huh? you, You've never run to the, you only run to the fridge. No. Or after too much curry, mate. <laughs> um, but I, I walk out of a listing appointment that I've missed and go, why the, didn't you do the kit? I still do it to this day because when I started, 18 months, I did not miss a listing. I came out of his course. He said, go and do what's in the book. For 18 months, no one chose another agent over me. Right? And that, you can call that arrogance or cockiness or whatever. That's just the facts. The minute I started changing what I was doing, I started missing a few. The minute. Mm. And then I ring him one day and go, mate, I haven't got, I've missed my last 10. He says, well, just go back to doing what you were doing before. Right, so when, your, your advice is go back to the basics. Go back to the basics. A footy team has to go back to passing, catching, running hard, tackling hard. That's it. That's all there is. And, and Thomas likes to point out whenever the rare times he goes and watches a game, when the team's warming up for a game, they pass, they catch. They run hard and they make a few tackles because you can have as many strategies as you want. You can have the most fantastic marketing. You can have the best DLs. You can bloody call 6,000 people a day. But if you don't just do the basics. And I had, I had a conversation today with a staff member. He, he said to me, speaking, it was beautiful timing because of the confidence topic. He said, I'm feeling... I'm not feeling real good. It's been three weeks that I've come to the sales meeting and there's been nothing to talk about as far as appointments. But you know what? That same guy who's doing 70, 80, 90, 100 calls and door knocks a day. And I had to say to him, mate, you're doing the basics. Trust me, have confidence. It will work. Trust the process. And, and you know what? The funny thing is five minutes later, someone called the office for a listing appointment. Five minutes later. From, from his work. Which is which is the point. You gave him information to boost his confidence. Because the, the opposite thing to what I'm saying is the worst thing you can do if you're lacking confidence is stop. Mm. Because you know what? If you stop, all bets are off. Mm. All mm. bets are off. 
So, Lou, what would Lou, you say to people? You miss 10 listings people? and don't go to the 11th listing. You know what you're guaranteed not to get? Not the listing. The next listing, right? If you stop knocking on doors, you're not going to get it. Go back to the basics. And that's for leaders as well. Like that's, that's for everybody. That's for your marriage. That's for everybody. Go back to the basics, oh, whatever they are and whatever you're doing. Yeah. And the other, the second piece of advice is take it from other people. If you don't have it yourself, take it from other people. If your leader is confident in you, take it. All right. You don't have to believe it, but take it until you prove them wrong. Mm. I've said time and time again, I've been trying to prove Thomas wrong for six years. And I reckon I've got him today because I reckon he's wrong. But on the most part, I haven't been able yeah. to prove him wrong. Because I've been able to prove him wrong, we haven't changed the system, right? <laughs> all right, because if we find a better way, why wouldn't we? That's all. How else can we, how else for someone who's down on confidence, get it back? Luke? Um, I'll be short and sweet because I know I can take the longest. I have no confidence. <laughs> okay. Well, what I'm going to say is I'm going to say believe in yourself, but I'm going to say be mindful of your self-talk and those who are hanging around, but it's not even not only just those who are hanging around. What are you reading? What are you listening to? And what are you studying? Because if you're reading or if you're not reading, you're not studying, you're not listening to anything, you're probably not helping yourself grow in a field that is going to help you grow in confidence if that's what your desired field is. So I think you've got to be mindful of your diet and when i say diet it's not just what you eat it's everything so be mindful of what you surround yourself with and everything else so i um the but but i think the biggest thing for me is and and as um we've discussed pretty well here you know at the end of the day we're all born equal none of us knew how to walk when we came out of the womb we all had to learn we all had to learn from experience and i would say don't celebrate the, the highs too long and don't not celebrate the lows too long. Just get on with it, learn from your mistakes and move forward because at the end of the day, nobody's perfect. We're all going to make mistakes. It's it's inevitable, but learn from them and, and move forward. And, you know, you don't have to believe it. Not everybody is what they post to be. You know, we social media is such a huge thing and everybody has this glamorous, beautiful life on social media, but it's 99% bullshit. You know, so just you know, believe in yourself and and um, yeah. Well, I think I think it. I yeah. think it. I'm not picking a fight, Lou. So don't come at me. But telling someone to believe in himself when they clearly don't is like telling someone to smile when they're friend. Yeah, but you can't what, just say you can't just go. Oh, you don't believe in yourself. Well, believe in yourself, right? And I also topic for another day. Don't believe we're all born equal. But that's all right. That's a, that's a conversation for another day. We, you can't just, it's like someone says it's cold. Someone says, I'm not cold. So it's not cold. Rubbish, yeah. right? You can't just broaden the brush. I was, I was hoping we could get in, into specifics and believe. But it's it's not someone doesn't believe in themselves. Like it's obvious when it's cold. In, so someone who doesn't believe in himself saying believe in yourself isn't the fix. All right, I'll, I'll help you with that, all right? With my one, I'll help you with that because we're running out of time. So for me, it's action. Take action. Just whatever you want to do, take action. Train. Train your skill. Make sure your skill is better than the next person, whatever it may be, with relationships. Uh, it doesn't have to be. 
Why does it have to be better let than me finish talking. Shut up and let me finish oh. talking. The last thing is belief. Belief in the person that you're calling for help. Belief in yourself. Belief in the training. Belief in the action. Just have belief that it's going to work out. But you must take action. Mm -hmm. Belief and training. Simple. You've all made it sound very hard. No. Three things. Not hard. I'm going to make it very easy so that we can close it. If you're happy with what you got in terms of confidence and success, don't change a thing. If not, re-listen to the podcast. There's a lot of gems. I like it. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much for this week, guys. That was a very good topic. However, I think there's in there some of the family things that we might have to start covering because we're only touching on to this and, and, and yet it is the same thing, right? That applies some of the principles over the last few weeks that we've covered would apply to families and what is it that we do at home to destroy that team that we call family i think i think if people are smart if people have put two and two together everything that you learn in a work sense and a training sense can be taken into life there isn't one thing that i've learned in real estate that i haven't been able to if i wanted to adapt to life so they don't have to be different they don't have to be one and the same you don't have to think you don't have to listen and go, oh, they're just giving us a tip on how to be a better real estate agent. Actually think and go, what if I employ that? I, I was reading that. I had to read the 15 keys of negotiation again, Thomas, and it said emotion, and you'll never be a uh, good negotiator if you let emotion get involved. It says that in the book. And then I thought, I could do a better job of negotiating with my kids and my wife and everyone around me if I didn't let negotiation, emotions get involved, right? So... They don't have to be separate topics. Very nice. Very nice. But still, we haven't answered my question when I talk about family. Thank you very much, guys. Talk soon. Thanks, Bye -bye. guys.